Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. All right, guys, I'm so excited to share today's guest with you. Um, His name is David Guillaume. We've only actually met once, but we have something very big in common, Mm. and that is Kabbalah. Mm. I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people in my audience know that my first entry into spirituality, I was a complete atheist until 13 years ago. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, until I went to the Kabbalah Center for an astrology reading, and it turned my whole understanding of life kind of upside down. Um, And so, yeah, so David and I have a really big thing in common, and that is Kabbalah. Do you want to tell our audience a little bit about how you got into it? I heard you tell the story the other day, and I really liked it. Uh, Yeah, sure. So Kabbalah, what Kabbalah is first, for people who don't know, is it's ancient, universal, spiritual wisdom, existed since the beginning of time, and explains the purpose of the human soul. So uh, one of the first great Kabbalists was Abraham, the patriarch. And of course, from him came all the major religions and and different spiritual branches. So one of the things that we learn, or that when people come learn Kabbalah, they get from it, is that it helps unite all the different belief systems and spiritualities and religions. We give these seminars everywhere, including to atheists, or Mm. if people are Christian or Catholic or, or Muslim, they benefit from this wisdom tremendously. They understand their personal purpose in life, as well as what is the creator, what is this endless force of energy, and how our souls are meant to interact with this energy in order to be fulfilled. So pretty much all the, in the same way that there are physical laws of life that people understand scientifically, there are spiritual laws of life that people learn through Kabbalah, and they make changes rapidly. Mm-hmm. So that is what Kabbalah is. My my journey to Kabbalah, I'm 39 years old today. Um, have not, you? not actually today. I, you know, I, I every time I oh, say kabbalistic birthday. Okay, no, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I say I mean today, meaning like, like now, like oh, this okay. year. <laughs> this year, I'm 30, I'm 39 years old. I did that on another podcast, and they're like, oh, ha- congratulations, <laughs> happy birthday. I'm like, no, I, I got to change what I say. So yeah, this year I'm 39, but I started studying Kabbalah when I was 15 years old, and so about 24 years ago. And my uncle, who is who's involved in this wisdom for a long time, is he's a successful businessman in. in Part of how he got there was through spirituality. And so he said, you got to come to the seminar, primarily because when I was young, I was doing many things. I was making um, some money and investing. I was I was very ambitious uh, in my younger years. And he thought that I would love Kabbalah because it would help me manifest. And I came to one seminar. I love that it wasn't religious or dogmatic, but it was very spiritual. Changed my life. I got involved. I started volunteering. I started mentoring. I started teaching in my teenage years. I was so fulfilled by it that when I, I graduated UCLA early around the age of 19, I joined full-time at the Kabbalah Center to, to teach this wisdom as a, as a, as a volunteer, essentially. And uh, I've been doing that since today. So I've been teaching all around the world, different seminars and meeting people one-on-one. 
recorded a masterclass with all this wisdom. And that's mainly how people around the world study. When I was 29 years old, uh, I got married and I started a, a brand, a vitamin brand called Mary Roots. And so parallel, I've been teaching spirituality about 50% of my time and then kind of built this wellness, global wellness brand in the last 10 years as well. And that takes up probably the other half of my time. Just on the side. <laughs> yes, just on the side. <laughs> <laughs> so that leads me into actually what I really wanted to ask you about, um, because I think you have a really amazing perspective on this, because I think in the spiritual world, there's a lot of conditioning around this polarity of you either have to be taking action and pushing and forcing and going and grabbing and blah, 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 or there's the opposite, which is like, you just need to get aligned and call everything in and call everything to you. And I do feel like, um, what do you mean by that? We're being left out of this conversation. Well, I remember being in my twenties and kind of first dabbling into spirituality and hearing a lot of like, you just need to think positive and things will come to you, mm. or you just need to, um, visualize things enough or actually rest. And there's a lot, and th there's value in all of these things, yes. right? So, you know, rest your way to success or think mm. from your couch, or you don't need to push. You don't need to have, um, you know, time doesn't matter. Those mm. kinds of things where on one hand they do. And on the other hand, they don't. And what I really wanted to talk to you about today is because you do have one foot in both worlds. Yeah. Um, and you do need both to ultimately express the, you know, the biggest expression of your yourself, your full self. Um, I would love to get your perspective and your explanation of why we need both, how you do both, and how you can kind of grow each side without at the expense of the other. Great question. Great question. So I would say it, it first starts with this understanding of why the soul comes to this world. And it says that, uh, you know, there's only two forces in this world. There's what's called the light of the creator, which is an endless force of energy that is just beneficial. It is here to fulfill all of our desires. This force only did one thing. It created what's called a vessel to receive this great light. And this vessel is actually all the souls of humanity. So really, these are the only two forces. There is the energy of fulfillment. Within this energy is love happiness, joy, success, abundance, healing, certainty, wisdom. Everything we're looking for is encapsulated in this energy and it's universal for everyone. It is waiting to be revealed. And then all the souls of humanity, even though we have different bodies, we're actually one vessel, one soul, and we're all here meant to receive. Mm. The problem is we came down to this physical world for a reason. We came down to the physical world in order to earn the light of the creator, not to receive it for free. This is why people aren't technically born with their soulmates or born just understanding what their purpose is. Life is not easy. We all have struggles. We have challenges. We're born in sometimes challenging families and we have challenging relationships and we have all these fears that come up. This is all by design. The soul came to this world into a world of darkness so that it can be a co-creator and then receive the light of the creator through an earning process. What this earning process is, the Kabbalists explain, is it's called tikkun. It means the soul's correction. Tikkun means correction. Each soul really has two types of corrections that they need to make. Number one is the negativity that our soul came to the world that we need to transform. So, for example, if a, per, if a soul came to this world with a uh, approval issue, uh, the type of negativity that it would be around approval issues or fear of abandonment, what the soul will do is choose actually a family, parents, and relationships throughout its life that are very conducive to awaken its fear of abandonment. Mm -hmm. 
Because the soul understands by its transformation of this fear, it will then receive the light of the Creator, which means it will receive its soulmate, it will receive abundance. You'll understand your purpose in this world and whatnot. So the goal of happiness and the goal of receiving all the pleasures of this world isn't after chasing the pleasures directly, mm. but 50% of it has to do with the transformation of my negativity, to observe it, to understand it, to, to, to witness the fact that it is coming up in my relationship. So whoever's listening right now, you're probably going, you know, they're probably going through something in their life. There's someone challenging them. It could be in the bucket of career. Mm -hmm. It could be in their love life. It could be in their social life. It could just be that they have personal anxiety or, or fear, some kind of negativity that's coming up. This is all by design to show you what you need to transform in order to find your soulmate mm -hmm. or in order to have success of any kind that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. The second part of our soul's mission is has to do around the value that we were meant to share with this world. So a lot of times people just focus on one, just spiritual work, working on themselves. They kind of ignore this value piece the fact that they are meant to bring something to this world. Like, for example, with you, it could be that, you, you know, you feel in your heart you were meant to bring this wisdom to this world mm -hmm. or some form of education. So that is all part of your spiritual work. Mm -hmm. It is how you will get closer to every, everything that you want to receive in life. Mm -hmm. And Or there are people who just focus on adding value to the world, but they don't do the spiritual work. Mm -hmm. They don't do the internal work. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, an entertainer or an actor or a musician, they could have millions of fans and they could be giving concerts to, to you know, hundreds of thousands of people and look at the amazing value they're giving and they're making so many people happy and bringing all this joy and all this light and all this energy. And then when they go backstage, they're a mess. Mm. They're depressed, they're anxious, they're rude, they're controlling, they're not dealing with their fears and their work. So essentially they're only doing 50% of their soul's work. And as a result, they're working very hard, but as a result they were not going to capture the full light of the creator and have miracles in their lives. So mm. there has to be both. Mm. So going back to your question now, in life, we all have to ask ourselves really, there's four quadrants to create a miracle. Quadrant number one is maximizing my physical work. So in my company, I know I can't just be nonchalant and casual about it. We, mm. have, we have 150 employees. We have a, we have a global presence. I I have to wake up and do the maximum amount of effort mm -hmm. in order to bring success. If mm -hmm. not, my competitors will take that. Yeah. However, that's just one quadrant. The second quadrant is I need to do maximum spiritual work, which means that in my endeavor of, of, of growing my company, I will see my fears come up. Mm -hmm. I will see my control issues come up. Uh, you, you will see your own insecurities, imposter syndrome come up. All these things are going to come up. Mm -hmm. By transforming them as they come up, you will also be helping your PL. You'll be helping your bottom line. Mm -hmm. And people need to know that if you break a fear today, you're going to draw wealth. Mm. Uh, and it could be a fear like with your children or a fear with, with your girlfriend. Mm. Um, <clears throat> for example, it could be you just got out of a toxic relationship. You, you, finally, uh, you finally let him go and you feel good about it. But then three, four days later, you feel insecure again. and You want to reach out to him. And you want to uh, get energy from him, even though you knew that this relationship wasn't good for you. Mm -hmm. That lack that you feel, it's, it's your spiritual responsibility to transform. And if you feed the lack with instant gratification, you're actually hurting your, your business. Mm -hmm. Something totally unrelated, but now the light of the creator cannot shine in your business because you keep chasing 
the toxic relationship. You keep chasing unavailable men mm. or emotionally uh, blocked men or the avoidant men or whatever it is. So they're very inter, they're very interconnected. And what are the <coughs> the second two? Oh yeah, the other two quadrants. So the, the the so you have maximum physical world. You have maximum spiritual work, which pretty much means to the best that is being revealed to you what you need to work on yourself. And we all mm. kind of have an idea, even if we're not spiritual, even if we're not working on ourselves, we all kind of have an idea of negative traits, reactive traits, and fears that we need to transform. And we need to begin the path of wanting to transform that. Mm. The third bucket is certainty. You can do all of this physical and spiritual work. But if you have doubts about yourself, about manifestation, about the process, what you're doing is you're delaying the result. To the extent that a person has doubts, to the extent that they are delaying any kind of manifestation in their life, to the extent that they have certainty, certainty in what? To be able to tell themselves at every moment, I have certainty that everything is for the good, even though I feel pain even though I'm not getting the results I want necessarily at this moment, even though I don't know what to do, I have certainty that I will know what to do. Mm. I have certainty that everything is good and will be good. And you're always replacing the doubts and the fear and the anxiety with this consciousness of certainty. You still do everything you're going to do. So for example, let's say somebody, um, I don't know, what's a, what's a common challenge that you, you hear from, from people that you know in your life? Like, what, what comes to mind? That's the common challenge. A lack of certainty? That's yeah. rooted in a lack of certainty? Yeah. Well, that will cause a lack of certainty. But, you know, any kind of challenge. What are the most common challenges you see people going through right now? I think the number one thing is people not feeling like they have a purpose, mm. feeling like they don't have a direction Beautiful. that calls to them enough. So they could be in some kind of a career mm-hmm. or a job, mm-hmm. but they're still uncertain mm-hmm. about their purpose, right? Mm-hmm. This is very common mm-hmm. and it happens to all of us. Yeah. And we have to realize that our purpose is actually to have certainty. And what I would do every morning when I wake up, I say, you know, I don't know if this is the right job for me. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if this is the right relationship for me. Mm-hmm. And that's very common and that's okay. That's a human emotion. But to say to yourself, I have complete certainty that I will know. Mm-hmm. I have complete certainty that I will know what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. Just by injecting that throughout the day, you are now closing the gap of cause and effect and the manifestation of what your true purpose is. And you still live your life exactly the way as you would live it. You would still go out and maybe find what your purpose is or ask people or test different things. Do all of it the same way, but do it from a place of certainty. Mm -hmm. So the mantra I always tell myself is, I have certainty that I will be happy. I have certainty that I am happy. I mean, technically, it's not that I will be. The power of certainty is that it removes time. You are already connected to that energy mm-hmm. right now. People don't realize it. So they subscribe to time mm. and they think something will happen in the future. Right. Or so, so there's really three levels of this. There's people who just don't believe that goodness will come in the future. Then a higher level of that is the people that have certainty that it will come in the future, but that still involves time. Mm-hmm. And the highest level is the people who believe right now they are wealthy right now they are whole right now they are completely connected mm-hmm. to the light of the creator even if their physical world shows otherwise mm-hmm. i remember before we built the brand and when i was 29 or 30 years old we had no money like i was like 
as poor as it gets, we were behind on rent, you know, because I'm part of a nonprofit world. I'm not making money. And I had this like six to 12 month lingering sadness and victim consciousness of I'm doing all the spiritual work, mm. but I can't even provide for my own family. Mm. And that really bothered me because I'm helping other people be other people be successful, but I wasn't experiencing success. So then I realized here's my spiritual work. I was living in New York City at the time and I was walking down the streets of New York City and I started to tell myself, I, I started to look at all the buildings and I said, I own all these buildings. These are all my buildings. This is all my real estate. I am the wealthiest person in New York City. And I started to actually believe it. And everywhere I went, I walked into a room. I walked into my little 400 square foot apartment. Like whatever I did, mm. I just had this consciousness that I already have everything that I want. And what's amazing is as soon as I shifted that consciousness, my vibration changed completely. I became like ridiculously happy. I didn't even understand why. And within a week, we came up with an idea. Um, I, I came up with an idea, like, we should make a product. And then, and then, you know, long story short, that product then was formulated just a couple of weeks later. It was manufactured. And th that happens to be like the number one selling uh, liquid vitamin in the nation today. But it was born out of a conscious, a shift in consciousness at the time. And I have no experience in finance or manufacturing or formulation or anything. Mm -hmm. But what I realized was just the shift in my consciousness mm -hmm. opened up a portal for what was at least my financial purpose to come down into this world and be revealed. But it could not have been revealed had I not done the spiritual work. Mm -hmm. And then also that spiritual box, the physical box checked, but also the certainty box. Yeah. The fourth box is a technology that a lot of people have uh, dismissed throughout throughout thousands of years. And it's this concept of prayer. Prayer is a technology. It's not religious. Um, a lot of people do it in different ways, but a pr prayer is just a request that builds a vessel inside of you to receive the light. Prayer is not about convincing God or some power to give you something. It's not about like, you know, my life is uncomfortable, so I'm going to pray for something and make it, make it comfortable again. That's not what it's about. Prayer is basically a technology that changes who you are and changes your vibration so you can be able to receive. So on one hand, I will, pr I will pray for certainty. I will pray for desire. I will pray for transformation. I will pray for strength. And, at this, and then right after that, I will have certainty that I already got it. Mm. So I build the vessel and then I fill the vessel. Mm. I build the vessel, I fill the vessel. So it's these two energies that Kabbalah explains that we need to master. We need to have maximum desire through prayer. You can pray for anything. We can give hundreds of classes just on this concept. Mm. But then also to back it up with the certainty, you know what? As I now prayed, I already have received everything on an energetic level. And yeah. then it will manifest in this physical world. So this is what's amazing about what you're saying with the certainty, because um, there was one year where on the Kabbalistic New Year, I remember that the Rav Berg, who is, um, for people who don't know, the person that brought Kabbalah to uh, the masses, yes. really opened it up for, you know, for us to be able to, to have access to this wisdom. I remember my teacher in London, Ruth, who's been on this podcast before, said to me, you know what? sometimes it really benefits you to just focus on one thing that you want to work on for the year. Mm. And so I think it was like my third or fourth year in, and we chose together that I would work on my certainty. Mm. Now, you and I know 
from what the words of what you're saying is about, you know, telling um, your consciousness, for example, that you own all those buildings, but we both know that you're not saying that from a deluded place and you're not saying that from a place of you thinking it's because you're better than other people you're doing it because you have certainty not so much in um well in yourself as well but also more deeply than that in something greater than you and you have that's ultimately where you put your uh your faith correct so can you talk a little bit more about how i guess sometimes with if we if we look at certainty from a place of ego it's always going to kind of trip us up yeah but the hack for me anyway with the certainty was understanding like even if you don't feel completely capable in this very moment, even if you don't have that faith and trust in yourself, it's not because of, um, you know, you're still going at that from a place of ego because you're putting yourself down and that's also ego. Correct, correct. So we have to understand ego, ego is a tricky thing because ego has to do with you and other people, right? If you were the only person in this world, nobody, you wouldn't have any ego. Right? There's no ego, right? All the problems start as soon as one other person walks into the room, right? So, like, you know, if 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 an attractive man walks into a room or a famous woman walks into a room, or something, eventually, immediately, everybody changes their posture, the way they talk, the way they act, and then what happens is, and the reason why this is considered ego, is that we we make people our gods. We make people our source of energy. So ego kicks in and and a disconnection from the light of the creator occurs when we make people our source of energy. So this is like a really big thing with certainty. It's if someone says, I have certainty that you're going to marry me. Mm-hmm. This is a wrong kind of certainty. This is, this is a certainty that comes from ego because what you're doing here is you're making the person or this object or whatever it is um, your God, your source of energy. And the only way to be successful in this world and have it last is if your source of energy is the creator and not the people. The people are there for you to channel energy to, but not to make them your gods. And as soon as you depend on someone for your happiness, as soon as you lean on someone or something for your happiness, it begins the process of having it taken away from you. This is very important because if people actually look at the blessings that have been in their lives the longest that will remain, these are usually blessings that you feel and you have not necessarily an unhealthy attachment to. It's almost like if it was in your life or it wasn't, like you feel confident that this flow of energy would still come in a different way. I know a lot of wealthy people. I remember one person, he was always successful, everything he did. And I said to him, I went to his house, went to a beautiful house. And I remember this, it was in the Hamptons. And I said, you know, do you ever get worried that you'll lose all of this? And he just looked at me and he was like sipping on a drink. He's like, so what if I lost it? I would just make it back. And he was so Mm. casual about it. Like it was almost like a game to him. Mm. That attitude, that energy showed me that he will never go broke. Mm. He will never have to lose what he has because he's already Mm. detached from it energetically as his source of happiness. Mm He is now a custodian of it. Right. He is now a manager of it. And, and he is channeling it to the world. Mm-hmm. And we have to look at every part of our lives. What part of our life are we, without it, we would be unhappy. Without it, we would lose our identity. Mm-hmm. Without it, we would start to live in fear and lack. It means that we are putting that above the light of the creator. Mm-hmm. So certainty in this case is less about the people and the things, but it's more about certainty that the 
the this endless energy has your back. Mm-hmm. This the light of the creator wants to fulfill you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have limited beliefs about receiving. They think they're not meant to receive. They think that they have to suffer mm-hmm. to receive. There's a lot of people who say, "I got to, I can only be successful if I suffer. Mm-hmm. If I really go through the grinder." Yeah. And, and 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 that's not true either. Mm-hmm. In fact. You need to have certainty that in the blink of an eye, you can have all your success. Yeah. Some people believe, what's the difference between Elon Musk and, you know, just any random person? Elon Musk believes that it is easy to colonize Mars. Mm -hmm. Everyone else thinks it's hard. Mm -hmm. So his level of certainty actually creates a reality. His belief system about receiving, his belief system about, about colonizing Mars makes it, so that he finds the right engineers, he gets the right wisdom, the right financing, it all just comes to him. Mm-hmm. Because he has so much certainty about this ability. Mm-hmm. And he believes that the creator has chosen him to do it. Right. So he shut, by shutting down doubts, you open up more light. That's a really big concept. Every time. Yeah. Every time. And, and here's the thing. Certainty can also work on the negative side. How do, I remember the when the Twin Towers fell in New York City, how did, how did two unprofessional pilots fly this mass, the, the, the most massive airplane with such precision mm-hmm. in one try into two buildings. Mm-hmm. You have to realize that terrorists mm-hmm. also have tremendous amounts of certainty. Yeah. In fact, more for the negative side than people do for the positive side. Yeah. And the, so much so that they're willing to give their life for, for, a, for chaos. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, certainty creates manifestation, even a manifestation of negativity. Right. So let's bring certainty now on the positive side, on us transforming, on my fears transforming, certainty that you're going to find your soulmate, certainty that you will have amazing children, certainty that you will be abundant, certainty that you will find your purchase and actually hire it. You already have all those things. Mm-hmm. Like first start with certainty that you will have and then mm. graduate to certainty that I do have. Yeah. And it's unbelievable what happens to your life. It's amazing because what you're saying is the energy that 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 exists is already present and you need to kind of tap back into that as your kind of frame of mind from which then informs different kinds of actions when you see life from that way. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. People think where is my where is my relationship? Is it over there? Is it over here? It's actually it your your <laughs> your your most amazing relationship can be manifested in 1 second. And by the way, that is how they do happen. Think about it. Like you meet the person, that is one second to the next. Like Correct. everything that does happen does happen, quote unquote, out In of a nowhere. Second, out of nowhere. <laughs> it, why did it take you three years to get to that one second? Because in those three years, you had doubt. Yeah. And what usually happens, when, when do like these great miracles occur? After you've gone through so much pain and suffering, usually, so much, you work so hard, you went through pain and suffering, you get your ego shattered. And then you kind of surrender and then usually a miracle happens. Mm -hmm. And you needed that whole three-year process to finally say, I let go. I let go of my doubts. I let go of my negativity. I don't know everything, you know, and and you just kind of get at that place of surrender and then it happens. Can you accelerate that process? You know, Kabbalah teaches us, you don't have to wait three years. You can do it in three weeks. You can do it in three days, right? Shorten the process completely. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so, um, I guess this is one of the things that I think is so misunderstood is that um, when those two first quadrants are not balanced, 
when you're describing this quadrant to me, I'm thinking, okay, well, the first two are kind of yin and yang mm. in balance. And the second two are almost yin and yang because there's a kind of positive and, um, yeah, there's different, they're kind of different sides of the yeah. same. Um, they seem like two different energies almost. But they're almost, they, but they converge and they're they, the same. They converge. So, um, so with the, the first two, which is obviously doing your spiritual work, which gets, you know, we tend to think of that as like inwards, right? And then the action is the outwards. And my experience is that most of us are imbalanced in one. Mm. And um, so sometimes we go to hide in the other mm. and we convince ourselves that that is the, um, that's the one that is the only thing that matters, right? Correct. So on one hand, you have people that are like, push, force, hustle, da, 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 just keep going and you'll get it. Or you have people that are like, no, it's not about that you know, uh, the, we don't have to play in the physical game basically almost because that's what we try to convince ourselves. If we just do the inner work, then it will sort of happen. So that's why I'm really curious to ask you about your relationship with, and I love what you said about how one always, um, feeds the other, but that, you know, you're also not, not taking action. You said a maximum action. And that right. doesn't mean, I think that you're driving yourself crazy and exhausting yourself and burning out, but that Correct. you're aware of, doing what today is asking for you and I guess coming at it with an energy of excellence and trying to, um, you know, go towards your best nature when it comes to knowing that you can do both. It, I guess it starts also the certainty Correct. piece, right? Like I'm capable of doing both. Correct. So I'll, so I'll share two things about that because you ask a beautiful question. One is when I give this, when I give this particular seminar with the four quadrants, I ask everyone in the audience, what, what comes to your mind right now that you want to manifest in your life that you have it? Like, what's the area that you're having pain? And people write it down, whatever comes to them. And then I have them look at the four quadrants and ask themselves, where are you weak right now? Which quadrant are you weakest? Because your job is to balance all four. And usually they do what, like what you said, if the spiritual side is weak, they'll focus on the, on the physical side because mm. maybe they're, just every, they have the Midas touch. Everything they touch turns to gold. They're, it, they're great at making money. They're very well respected in their company. Mm -hmm. You know, they're getting all this praise and they're good at what they do and they're very talented. So it's very addictive to just constantly feed off of that energy. It makes you feel like God, but mm -hmm. it's an illusion mm -hmm. because what you're doing is you're running away from the other quadrants that are weak. Eventually chaos will come to balance out the other quadrants. And we know this, like, for example, if a person goes to the gym and they only work out, I don't know, their, their arms and their chest, mm -hmm. but they don't work out, let's say, their back or their core. Eventually, there's going to be an injury because you need to work out the body in its totality in order to be strong. Mm -hmm. We know a lot of men, especially, they like to work the upper body and not work the lower body. And there's so much science around how unhealthy that is. And it's actually causing more problems for the person by not working out their legs. It's just, it's not an enjoyable thing to do. Mm. So we need to look at every part of our lives, including these four quadrants. Where are we weak? Chase and work on the weak part. Mm -hmm. Do not just go to the fun part or the easy part or the part you're thriving in. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two, how do I personally balance the physical work? I will work... I gave a prosperity seminar where I talked about the five spiritual concepts I use to build a, uh, a brand. And one of the concepts is that I will, whenever I want to manifest something, I say an idea comes to my mind that I think is a good idea. Mm -hmm. I give myself 24 hours to manifest at least 80% of it. 
And, and, and the reason is because I've learned that when you remove time from the equation and you kind of force the universe to manifest with you, mm. miracles happen. What happens is we come up with an idea and then we say, all right, well, let's see what happens in the next 12 months later, you know, 16 months later. And, you know, nothing's really happening because time is now being injected into the process and time is chaos. Mm -hmm. So what I try to do all the time is create momentum mm -hmm. and I would like to overwhelm the system. So, like, for example, if I want to hire somebody, mm -hmm. I will... If I have to hire someone for an important uh, vice president role, I've done this a couple of times, mm -hmm. I will... I will spend one hour and I will write a, 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 a bespoke letter on LinkedIn to uh, managers, directors, and vice presidents at the top 30 companies that I would want to hire from. I will send them a letter and say, this is the position, this is who I am. I'll probably within one hour have sent out, you know, 20, 30, 40 letters. Mm -hmm. I will then... Uh, walk down the streets of my house and outside my house and I will shout out to the universe. I would say, creator, help me manifest the right soul who's meant to sit in the seat. So I'm also kind of surrendering my own ego, saying, listen, I don't know, mm -hmm. but I'm, this is one of the quadrants. Spiritually, I'm going to pray. And then I'm also working on myself. I'm going to ask myself, where, where do I need to change a part of my negativity, my anger, my control, wh whatever it is, mm -hmm. in order to open up that part of the quadrant too. Mm -hmm. So I was literally in 24 hours overwhelmed the system. Within, Let's go back to the, the letters I sent out. The, the, I'm sorry, the emails I sent out. Out of the 50 emails I sent out, I'll probably get seven responses by the end of the day. I'll write to them. I'll say, this is urgent. I need you to have a meeting with me first thing in the morning. And the ones who can't, then I know they're not meant to be. Mm -hmm. I'll get probably three interviews in the morning. I'll narrow it down to one person. I'll have an offer out the door mm -hmm. by the end of the next day. Mm -hmm. 24 hours manifestation. Mm -hmm. What most people do is you know, it takes them months. Yeah. And so what I've learned is you can do anything and you can push it to the finish line with consciousness and speed without being reckless in order to kind of create this flywheel effect spiritually of energy. It's all about creating energy mm -hmm. and not just, you know, letting time come in and laziness come in and doubts come in and mm -hmm. thoughts come in and slows the process down. Yeah. However, I will go full force in any project I'm working on. But as soon as I see that I'm getting anxiety, as soon as I see I'm becoming needy, as soon as I see I'm becoming controlling or angry, I'll mm -hmm. let go completely. I will literally take a couple hours even and I will completely surrender the project energetically <clears throat> because part now I realize the spiritual work has to come in. Whenever I'm losing myself or I'm burning out, I realize now I'm not doing spiritual work. Mm. So that's how I balance it personally. Mm. I'll go hard physically and then I'll let go as soon as I see it's controlling me. Okay, so you're, you're basically checking off all four in your process and you're paying attention to what needs balancing along the way. Correct. So one of the most common questions that I think people, I hear people ask, and I'm so curious to hear your answer then, is how, when you said, you know, when I feel anxiety about it or, you know, something like that come in, how do you know the difference between fear and intuition? Mm. Fear and intuition. So give me an example. Give me an example of someone who has like, fear and intuition. Okay, so let's say, for example, you... Um, have gotten an offer for a job and okay. you feel like you really wanted it and then all of a sudden something is putting you off it. Um, You're starting to have fears about taking the position. Yes. How do you know if it's your um, 
how do you know if it's a doubt to, that you want to shut down or if it's you're correct? So it's so interesting. A lot of people give so much power to intuition. And the way I do it is whatever you decide to do with certainty, it will become the right thing. Mm. So if I take the job with certainty, it will, it, will, it will be miraculous. If I don't take the job with certainty, it will be miraculous. What happens is whenever you take action with certainty, then you draw a divine intuition. Mm. Whenever you are kind of stagnant or paralyzed, mm -hmm. you're drawing your intuition from your negativity. Mm -hmm. So, so because what's happening is the negativity inside you, the fears inside of you are controlling you. Mm -hmm. You think that these fears want you go, to go now and work hard and be successful and, you know, kind of thrive. No, the fears want to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. The fear of abandonment wants to keep you alone. Mm -hmm. doesn't want you to be in a loving relationship. The fear of abandonment is going to be the, the force that will give you intuition to sabotage this relationship because it's getting too good, mm -hmm. right? You, you might get married. You might actually be in a relationship and then really get hurt. So let's stop this right now. And so the person will say, well, I, my, my intuition says this is not right. Right. But where's this intuition coming from? It's coming from our negativity. So we need to have the understanding that intuition can either be coming from our soul's correction the negativity we need to transform, or from the light of the creator. Mm. Often, when it's our comfort zone, it's coming from the negativity. And when it's uncomfortable, it means it's rising above the negativity. That's why it's so uncomfortable. But what I usually like to do is kind of, I don't think about if I'm making the right or wrong decision. I like to just make a decision mm -hmm. and then learn from it afterwards because the certainty of my decision will help draw the light that will show me what to do. What's amazing about that, what I'm hearing you say is it comes back to that sort of like putting your energy into the wrong things is it doesn't matter so much the format about whether the job is so right or so wrong. It's doesn't more matter. about, I mean, you know, this is what it's all about is like who you're becoming along the way. Totally. And so if you're doing something with a certainty, you're backing yourself, maybe you're being aware of where um, the, you know, your negativity is maybe feeding those feelings. Um, you know, you're already one level up than where you were before. Correct. You said it beautifully. People think this job is my purpose or that job's my purpose. No, it doesn't even matter what your job is. Yeah. It's if you show up with certainty, with all your heart, with all your passion, with all your love and treat it as if it's your purpose, mm -hmm. then now you have the energy and vibration that the creator will immediately put you into what truly is your purpose. Yeah, and probably much quicker too. Oh, like you and won't much, even much quicker. <laughs> much, much quicker. Instead of sitting there analyzing, is this my purpose? Asking everybody, what should I do? What should I not do? Mm -hmm. And you never take an action. And I'm mm -hmm. sure people listening to this right now, like you can resonate. Like where in your life are you just overthinking everything? Yeah. People who start businesses, I always say, the product doesn't have to be perfect. 70% mm -hmm. good. Don't sit there like tweaking the logo for right. seven months. Yeah. Just slap something on, mm -hmm. give value to the consumer. As long as, just make sure it's a good product. It doesn't have to be perfect. You'll yeah. fix it along the way. Mm. I, always, I always like to say, I like to, uh, you know, you're, it's like flying a plane with a broken wing and we're trying to fix the wing while we're in midair. It's a little bit chaotic, mm -hmm. but just move forward and you're going to see more results, learn more lessons and get to where you want to be faster. Still flying. You're still flying. Exactly. <laughs> and also I think your, um, you know, your thing about kind of shunting all the energy into this thing once it's come to you, because obviously if it's come to you, the ideas come to you, it's come from the creator, right? Correct. It's a blessing. And I think what's nice about that is it kind of prevents this, um, 
you know, the negative side from, it's like, you almost don't even, it's like you, you cut it off at the legs because you're saying, okay, I have 24 hours to do this. So you can't spend 10 hours thinking about the logo. You can't spend, um, you know, trying to source all these different things that I guess our brains tell us are really important, but it gets you laser focused on like, how do I get from A to B the quickest and figure the rest out. You said it beautifully. And you're also training yourself. Mm. in order to take all of this energy and coalesce it and, and hyper-focus it in a way that is so powerful. You, you think of like in America, you know, we have the elite units are called the Navy SEALs. What are they in the in the UK? What is the elite like army unit? What is it called? Uh, I like think that it, team they send in to do the hardest missions. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't do you know. know. I, I, That's not my remit. Okay, I have no clue. Right. Well, in the US, it's, the, it's called like the, you know, SEAL Team 6, right? Okay. So these are people who are like, <laughs> The elite, elite, elite units that are trained in such a way that they can go into any mission. They're extremely quick. They have no fear. They understand in the harshest of conditions how to perform with laser-focused precision. They're in there 20 seconds and then they're out. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, how do they get there versus um, maybe just a regular infantryman or a police officer or a security guard, right? Kind of go down the ladder of less and less training. It's that They've trained themselves in order to take something that might take hours and and and, and have a be riddled with so much fear and doubt mm-hmm. for a security guard. Mm-hmm. Right? Imagine sending a security guard into like the jungle to rescue a hostage. Like it's not gonna work, right? You need the people who understand and who have worked on their consciousness to have precision about what they do. So one of the things that I'm learning and I'm trying to teach other people is part of our spiritual work is to reduce time. Mm-hmm. Stop overthinking everything in your life, in your company. Fail fast, yeah, but fail forward. That's the whole idea. Mm. Failing 10 times in one year will will get you to the 11th time, which is how you'll succeed. Mm -hmm. But if it takes you 10 years to fail 10 times, that's a problem. Yeah. What I really want, um, what I really want to share is so beautiful about this is that what all that matters is that you're in the game. You've put the energy in, you've increased yourself. And that's why you also um, don't have to worry. You worry less about it being taken away because you then in the process also get to see your own capability. Correct. You get to flex that muscle of a certainty. You get Correct. to see your own gifts coming out of you. And so those quote unquote failures are just, um, you know, you getting closer to, okay, like we have no idea how we're going to get there. It can happen in a second and we're on the way. Beautiful. Which is important. And energy is never lost. So whatever you did, let's say you worked on a project for a year Mm. and then it didn't work out. That whole year's worth of energy is going to manifest and in the next project and maybe the next project you work on it for five minutes and have an even bigger result. Yeah. The only way you lose that year of energy is if you have doubts and you become a victim about what you lost. Mm. So you have to always have certainty. As soon as something fails, you got to say, that was amazing. I failed but I did not lose any energy. I'm carrying now this energy into the new project. This is amazing. Um, I think especially to think about relationships. Yeah. Because when a relationship fails, you do, it's very easy to think that you've lost. You've lost time. You regret the years that you spent with this person. Yeah. So what would be a right thing that a person who feels that way could reframe it? That person should know that the three years you spent with that man or woman, that seems like it was almost like a waste of time. Yeah, maybe you learned some lessons, had some good memories, but what you need to know is the energy you've created in those three years now are going to be credited to your next relationship. So it's going to take you maybe three months to get to that place of of, of a true connection, or maybe it'll be more immediate. You you haven't lost anything. Mm. So there's a continuity of energy. Now, 
what could happen is if you have sadness or doubts, this energy you've built up will kind of stay in this suspended uh, animation and you won't be able to cash it in because that energy can only come down where there's affinity of form, where you have certainty and happiness and you believe that the energy is there. Mm. So it's very important that people realize that the only reason that they feel like those three years were a waste and they didn't benefit from that energy is because they believe that there is no energy there. Mm. So you have to believe that nothing has ever been wasted. So it goes back to what you were saying about the Elon Musk level of belief, right? Like if you think that it's, and what you're saying about if you think um, there's a right decision and a wrong decision, it's it's your your own consciousness that's dictating that. Correct. Is that's it right beautiful. or wrong to colonize Mars? Elon Musk doesn't think that way. Yeah. He just knows it's what he has to do. And if he, and if it's the wrong thing, he'll come back next life and fix it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or in five years, who knows? Or, yeah, who knows? exactly. He just goes with it. Yeah. I think this is a really, really big thing in an era of so much information. You know, we're on the one hand so lucky where we have so much access to knowledge and wisdom, but I also think that it does have this ability to feed our, um, this kind of idea that we need to know all this stuff exactly. before we move. Yep. Um, and I sometimes wonder if we knew less, you know, would we be moving more because we wouldn't be as so hyper aware of how this person did it and what this person says to do and what everyone else is up to. and So many marketing studies have shown that when it comes to merchandising, if there's too many products to choose from, people end up choosing nothing and they leave your website. Mm. You have to focus the consumer, consolidate the information, kind of point them in the right direction. Consumers want to be pointed down a path. They don't want to have to make a choice. And I agree with you. When there's too much information, this information is now appealing to the logical mind, yeah. but not the soul. Mm. We have to constantly break through logic. Forget about logic. Forget about stats. Forget about what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. You are your own person. You, the creator has given you a gift and a, and, a, and a channel of energy that no one else has. Believe in it. Don't worry about what your ego says about failing. Move forward and your whole life's going to open up. Yeah. We are so addicted to what other people think. We are enslaved by it. Now, myself and we all mm -hmm. we all care so much and it dictates how we do things when we do things why we do things there's such an attachment to our reputation mm -hmm. whatever that is but the truth is no one really cares yeah and what what, what kabbalah is teaching us is that our purpose is to cut through all that noise have a direct relationship with the creator that direct relationship will give you divine inspiration divine wisdom and divine access to this physical world and then you manifest physical blessings in this world through that relationship. Mm. And what's so important about that is that, you know, and what I think is so amazing about Kabbalah is it does say, yes, you have your destiny, but it's to have everything. Correct. You know, it's not that your destiny is to only this, Correct. you know, only end up with your soulmate and Correct. at the risk of it. Like it's a, it's maximum everything. The creator wants to give us more than we even want to receive. That's what the quote is. Mm. That, that, and here's something else. If you desire something, it means that the fulfillment of it exists causing you to desire it. So if you desire love, it means that there is love that has been designated just for you and it's sending you a signal from somewhere in the world saying, desire me. Mm -hmm. So there's no such thing as you wanting something that you're not meant to have. Anything you want, anything, even if it looks like it's impossible, even if it looks like you have no clue how it's going to happen, even if you think like, you know, it's so far away. The point is, 
if you, if you have a desire inside of you for it, the creator put that desire in you because the creator is telling you the fulfillment of it exists and it's waiting for you to manifest it. Mm. So that's another thing we need to have certainty about. That's really beautiful because I think it also takes out this, um, this kind of questioning of, you know, is, did I, am, am I just thinking about this, but you know, oh, it's uh, shallow of me to want this or, you know, and instead we actually don't know why the creator makes us want certain things. We, we don't, we don't know. I mean, if you want some, if you want a luxury car, why do you want a luxury car? Because a luxury car is calling out to you saying, reveal me. Mm. The creator made me and you should reveal me. The problem is when you then use the car as your God, use the car as your identity, use the car to get people to like you. So mm. now, now you're, 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 you're destroying creation. Yeah. The point is get the car, but the car should be like, you know, mm. all right, I have it. I don't have it. I still know who I am. In its rightful place. It's in its rightful place. Like I'm here just to reveal its energy. You know, it's nice to have nice things. But the creator doesn't have a nice car. It's like yeah. it's like the creator. <laughs> the creator is powerful. The creator is wealthy. The creator is beautiful. So it's sure have all these things, but do not be controlled by them. Mm -hmm. As soon as you're controlled by them, you will lose them. Yeah, and I think what you're saying about you know we all are so controlled by what other people think about us. I think it's it's almost a double trip because. Even if you think that you don't care about what other people think of you, you have this idea of the way you like to come across for you to like yourself in other people's eyes. So it's almost, right. it's so internalized sometimes that it's really hard to see right. that you still do like people to think of you a certain way, but you've kind of already tried to outwit the system right. before. Right, right. And that's the work. I, <laughs> I would say every day, are we making, are we asking ourselves the question, whose approval am I needy of? You know, like write it down, like journal this. This is how you build wealth. This is how you build self-esteem. This is how you build charisma. This is how you build a connection from your soul to the light of the creator. Take the time. Who, whose approval am I working for here? Mm. People don't even ask this question. They don't realize that like for 10, 15 years, they're, they're only dating a certain type of man that they think that their father would approve of, right? Mm. Without even asking, is that what you want? Mm. Or... They're in some kind of career because of their family or they're living some kind of lifestyle because they don't want to upset their spouse or their relationship. Like it's crazy and they don't realize it until many, many years later when they're not happy. Mm. So we need to ask ourselves right now, like where are we working for people? Mm. We should not be working for people. We should be working for the light of the creator. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think, um, and you know, I am one. Um, less and less, but still one. And and I think a lot of our listeners, like if you've been brought up in a culture that teaches you to people, please, the approval is also disguised as not rocking the boat. You know what I mean? Not wanting to, you know, just go along with things. It's not necessarily that you're overtly, you know, seeking someone's attention by being loud or whatever. It's just like where you, you know, want to keep the peace or don't want to do anything different or keep other people, you know, happy with the role that you play in their lives and those, those kinds of things. So, but I, I really want people to know that there is no bad answer. Like there's no shame. I think that's also one of the things that Kabbalah really like undid for me was like, it's not about, sh it's, it's yeah. your ego. It's not your yes. real self. So you can say anything and have any answer be okay. If it's the real, especially if it's I a real answer, that. like, Yes, I'm working for so and so's approval, and that's totally fine. You've unveiled it now; like it's so freeing. So, so well said. What kind of GPS do you use in your hometown? What's the GPS system like here in the US? It's Waze. 
What do you guys use? Do you use Waze? Well, I don't drive and I also don't live in England. So oh, where, oh, yeah, where do you <laughs> you're asking me about the UK. I'm like, yeah. where do you I live in Ibiza. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Like, you, you, all right, so wait, what, do you don't drive? The, what what kind of navigation system do people use there? I mean, I think people use Waze. Use I think Waze. it's okay, everywhere. Okay, so Waze yeah. is pretty universal. Yeah. All right. So here's the thing about <laughs> Waze. If I, here's what Kabbalah explains the creator's relationship is with us in this world. When I put a, a destination in Waze and then it's telling me, let's say, to go straight. But I, I know the street, so I say, no, I'm going to go left. And I make a mistake. I make a wrong turn. Waze doesn't say, oh, you stupid idiot. Like, you're, 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 you're a horrible person. You're a horrible driver. All Waze says is recalculating. We're going to recalculate your route. No problem. Now, it might be a longer route. It might be a more difficult route. But we, the Waze is here to support you. The creator is the same way. If you're moving down a spiritual path and you decide and you and you make a mistake or you veer off the path or you actually choose and say, you know what, screw it. I don't believe in this. I don't believe in more spiritual work. I don't want to change. I'm just going to go like do every horrible thing. You're not a bad person. There's no good or bad people. All the creator does is says, I'm going to recalculate this entire creation to still help you get to your highest self so you can receive everything. So we have to remove this whole shame concept or we're negative or we did something good or bad or the word sin. It's, it, it's totally a fallacy. Mm. This universal energy is always pushing for one thing, to help us receive. The word Kabbalah means to receive. Mm. The problem is that our vessel is so blocked and stuck, like we're blocking the energy from coming in. So the creator is constantly just helping us find our way to unstuck ourselves. So the, I had the students once, uh, I did a session with her and she, she was in her 70s. And I said, what do you want to talk about? And she said, you know, I've, I've taken Kabbalah one and it's totally changed my life because for, for 60 years, I've been holding this shame. I said, what's the shame? She said, I was, in my early 20s, I had an abortion. Uh, I, did, I wasn't ready to have a child and I got pregnant. So I aborted the child. And, you know, I, I never had kids after that. And now I'm, you know, in my... 70s, 80s, and I and I feel like I made this mistake and I beat myself up, all, all this stuff. And to really think like for 60 years, she held on to this shame. So she, she held on to this vibration that is actually blocking her soul from receiving miracles. She, I told her, you have to realize that that soul left at that time, that in hindsight, it was meant to leave. Like that soul was not ready to come to this world. And it, and it was, and it came in a different way. So you have to let go of your feeling that you did something wrong after the fact. Before we do something, of course, we need to be conscious and we need to try our best to make sure we don't, uh, we don't do things to hurt people and whatnot. Like, there's a different kind of questioning we need to ask. But after you do something, you have to know whatever it was, even if you did the worst thing, you were meant to do it, learn your lesson and you move on. That's really, I think, the most freeing. I didn't think that we were going to, you know, touch on this, but I, I do think this is the, the core of what um, I think holds so many of us back is this, is this sort of false morality that isn't the true, you know, I think we're so worried about getting it right, yeah. being bad. Are we good? Are we bad? That's right. And it comes back to certainty of like, you're made of the light. Correct. Um, and somehow from that understanding and getting you, your persona out of the equation and realizing like at the end of the day, we're just fractions of the creator. Um, 
I think that really helps. Like you said, I love this concept of shutting down time and collapsing time and, and shortening everything because a different way of understanding who you are makes that, I think, so much easier to do as well because you kind of know you can't really get it that wrong. And, and here's the thing. What is right? What is wrong? All there is is being present and emulating the qualities of the creator. That's the only free will we have. Mm -hmm. Let the creator do the rest. We're, we're so busy trying to control our futures and map it all out and what's out of this and what's that. Let's put it this way. If I asked you to make your dream list of everything you want to receive and you came up with the most like elegant, glorious list, mm -hmm. it is only a fraction of a fraction what the creator actually was planning for you. <laughs> and that's what's crazy. It's crazy is that people have like their lists and their this and, and it's fine. You got to have a list. Because you got to have some kind of goal. But at the same time, parallel to whatever list you made, tell the creator, I also understand. You probably want to give me endless more. And I'm open to that. So I have my list and I'm open to let go of my list at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's a wild ride because we are, the creator cannot come in by force. There's no coercion in spirituality. That's a spiritual law. The creator is like, I can only come in if you want me to come in. I can only help you be successful if you want to be successful. And I know a lot of people who say they want to be successful, but they have a limited belief system about success. After a certain amount of money they make, they start to sabotage themselves because they think either they don't deserve that amount or wealthy people are bad people. Or know, someone just told me recently, they saw that when a person gets too wealthy, they start ignoring their kids and they start breaking up their family. Like all these limited mm -hmm. belief systems that they mm -hmm. picked up just by observing other people, all false. Mm -hmm. You can have wealth, you can have love, you can have all of it and without suffering, yeah. without chaos. This is um, comes back to, I mean, you're intertwined. I feel like your whole conversation is just circling back into all the different pieces of it because it's, it comes back to the car isn't bad, it's the way that you're treating the car. Correct. The wealth is not bad, it's the way you're treating the wealth. It's the attitude you're having towards yeah. your soulmate, your lover, your whatever it is. Like, it's... Not that evil, not that that's evil. It's that you've seen iterations of it of people who have been treating it the wrong way, but that correct. doesn't mean that you cannot uh, do it in the way that is that is correct. Correct, right? And that's why the, I think the biggest asset moving forward in life is consciousness. People mm -hmm. building their consciousness. Is alcohol good or bad? Mm -hmm. Are guns good or bad? Mm -hmm. Are all, all the are words good or bad? I mean, mm -hmm. all these things all depends on the consciousness of the person. If we build it in ourselves. Our consciousness. If we make that our number one priority, wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I want to work on my consciousness. I want to take it from doubts to certainty. Mm -hmm. I want to go from being a controlling person to a person who's surrendering. I want to go from a person who needs everyone's approval to only needing, you know, the approval of the creator and, and loving myself no matter what. I want to go from shame and guilt and feelings of like constantly that I'm doing something wrong to accepting myself, to having a higher vibration, to reminding myself how powerful I am. This is all elevation of consciousness. And then you train your mind and your consciousness to operate on this frequency and you enter a whole new destiny. It's crazy. People who study Kabbalah, I hear this, you know, I've been doing this for 24 years and people always tell me the same thing. I wish I learned this when I was a teenager, right? That's the one thing they say. And then the other thing they say is, you know, in, in a couple weeks of learning this wisdom, just like a few hours, they got more than decades of therapy. 
I know people who got off medication, who got off of addiction, substance abuse, marriages that were about to fall apart that, that 180. Mm-hmm. Just from a couple hours of realizing, wow, life is not about all the things I'm making it about. My only purpose is to build my consciousness and the light of the creator is there and it will come in. Mm-hmm. And they see miracles right away. It brings you straight back to this feeling that the focus is just here. Correct. And there's a safety in that. There's a real calm and a peace and a grounding that that brings. And um, I'm sure just from hearing this conversation, people are already knowing what you're saying to be true. They're feeling um, it. Yeah. And I also know that, you know, that was my experience with it. Um, and plenty of other people I know, it's it's so it's so simple and it's so true with a capital T. There's Correct. a real... There's a real like resonance to it. Um, so and I hope that's the thing that people are really. And it's important for people to know that whatever you believe in, keep believing in that. I think mm. even if you're an atheist, some of my best students are still self-proclaimed atheists, which I love. <laughs> and that's fine. Just know that this wisdom, should you choose to learn it, it will enhance whatever you do. It will elevate whatever you do. Mm-hmm. You do not have to let go of your identity. You do not have to let go of your religious beliefs. You do not have to let go of anything. Mm-hmm. Just Add this component to it and you'll understand. I I gave this seminar in a Catholic church in New York, one of the most famous ones. There was 500 people in the audience. At the end, it was all Kabbalah. And this 80-year-old woman comes up to me and says, I've been Catholic 80 years. I've been coming to church 80 years. Only today do I now understand Mm. what the creator is. And now I I believe my, my prayer, my worship, my being a Catholic is going to now go into a whole new level. And she's 80. And when I heard that, I realized everyone in this world can benefit from this supernal divine wisdom Mm. because ultimately the goal is of this wisdom to bring us all together. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. And, you know, if you read the history of the world, Kabbalah is actually not a religion and it predates, it's a technology, right? It's a technology, yeah. So it's not not competing, it plays a different role. Um, It's the spiritual and soul level wisdom of of all the religions and all the spiritual paths it's just taking it to its nuts and bolts of energy Mm. and so you're kind of learning just a deeper understanding of everything you already know yeah and then you can layer everything else is just good frosting correct Correct. (laughs) can you tell people because i actually don't know because i um haven't done any of the online stuff i only used to ever go in person so can you please tell people about i know my brother's taking your prosperity yes, course and loving it so and your kabbalah one and your can sister you, you have you, you i have, have a sister too yeah. i think she's taking it too yeah so will you tell um well what is a good place for people to start if they want to know more so there is, it's super simple there's two things one is one is i don't monetize any of this i always want to let people know that like i've devoted my life to this um the courses sometimes have costs but they all go to charity and it's also a pay whatever you can model because it's all about having accessible spirituality. So there's two things I recommend to people. Number one is you can follow me on Instagram. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing you know, content every day that is unique to the energy of that day and the energy of that week. So you can hear content there. But there's a the main course that everyone on the world is taking and having incredible results with is called kabbalahone.com. So it's K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H-O-N-E.com. It's a masterclass that uh, a Hollywood film crew actually came in and filmed one, a 10-week seminar that I gave live. And they chopped it up and they edited it so beautifully into a masterclass that you can listen you know, on your drive, you can listen in the gym, you can listen as a podcast. 
That is what I suggest for people to, to learn this wisdom. I always say by the third class, you will never see life the same. And That's it will be true. the most powerful thing that you experience. And yeah. just those two things, just start there. And mm-hmm. You have an incredible experience. That's also one of the amazing things about um, what I think Kabbalah is, is it's the same principles applied in different things, applied in different ways, but you're always coming back to the same few things. And Correct. actually it's not so much about knowing a thousand things. It's like, no, no, you just need to, this is the process and you just keep needing to do the process every single day. It doesn't change it does, <laughs> no it matter where you're at in your it life. It does not change. That's Kabbalah right. one is, is really, um, is really a life changer. Um, it really is. And then there's a bunch of other um, courses if people feel called. So much continuity from that. I mean, millions of people around the world are studying this. I, I would say just to keep it simple, start at the foundation level. Mm. Hear tidbits of content on Instagram. And then if you're ready to kind of like learn something more structured, you want to learn about the laws of life, you want to learn about mm. relationships and prosperity and destiny and free will and what our soul's journey is, mm. you would take a while. I love it. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you for today. having me. Thank you, guys. <laughs>